the streams podcast track guide for today's newest hometown hero segment Kane's back uh, Kane has been uh, relocating busy in the process relocating his family from Seattle Washington to back to Bozeman Montana where he's the new hire uh, for the Montana State University Bobcats football team as a defensive coordinator uh, so we'll touch a little bit about that with him in this episode catch up with him and how the moves going uh, for them fun to get him back on the podcast I think it's been at least two or three months since he's been on an episode so it was fun to get the co-host back in line with things and also the hometown hero segment we're bringing you today Days with Scott Turnquist, uh, class of 1999, Billing Skyview High School, Montana State Bobcat, all-conference career as a wide receiver for the Bobcats, number 86 during a run with Kane. Uh, those two dive into that run when they won the Big Sky Conference twice, beat the Grizz, snapped a streak. A lot of that reminiscent happening between those two and as well as myself and Kane and Scotty from our Skyview days. Also get a chance to talk with Scott about his brand new position as the head high school football coach, Zionsville High School in Indiana. Uh, where he had previously been a coordinator for the Carmel High School football team. He's now stepping into his first head coaching job, so we get a chance to talk to him about the adjustments, the plan, uh, philosophy and such with uh, that new position for him. And really, as all these hometown hero segments go for us, just reminiscing about Billings, the goods, the bads, the uglies, and the funnies, uh, with those two especially talking about growing up um, on the heights and, and being a Skyview Falcon and all through the adventures that they had and I was able to to share with him a little bit as the, the older brother for Kane and uh, two years older than Scotty in, in uh, high school, but got, got to know him really well and lifelong friends. So Hometown Heroes, Skyview Falcons edition with Scott Turnquist. Don't forget with Cross the Streams, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can go back through our playlist with all of our first season, second season, also our useless full information series with Coach Martino, uh, our Listen Up series with David Gunn. All that's available uh, along with this year, this season, season three's brand new intro, outro, enduring music from our cousin, Canaanized cousin, Kira Yoane. Got a great song for us that we're help, hoping uh, spices up and enhances the audio for our podcast. Just excited to be back with you across the streams podcast, Hometown Heroes Edition. Cross the Streams podcast, Hometown Heroes edition. Uh, Kane and I were just joking before that this feels like his like reintroduction into the podcast world. Uh, but we've got a long-time Billing Skyview, lifelong friend of ours who's doing great things in an entirely different part of the country. Both of these gentlemen joining me today. I was complaining about the rain earlier out here in Oregon, but they are living life in basically Siberia. Uh, but we got Scott Turnquist is here with us all the way from Indiana. Kane is back with us. Gentlemen, say hello to everybody out there. Hello, everyone. Glad to be here. Hey, what's happening? Glad to be back on the old pod across the streams. I'm, uh, yeah, this snow thing. Wow. <laughs> wow. Let's go it's overview not- for everybody. Kane, you're back in Bozeman. We'll get to how your life took you back there. And then you describe the weather in Bozeman, and Turney, you give us the update from, it's not even the great Midwest. What is Indiana? Are you guys like the Great Lakes South? Like, what, what are you? 
Indiana's the crossroads of America. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, I mean, the crossroads. Absolutely. It all runs right through Indianapolis. Right? So we, got, uh, we got it all going on, man. It's I love awesome. it. You, you want to get anywhere within uh, in America within a couple hours, you go right through Indianapolis. Right through Indianapolis. So, uh, that is the first right. time I've ever heard it referred to as that, but now I think that's absolutely <laughs> the official that's way. Is, hey, where's man. your boy Turnquist? Well, he's just living in the crossroads. You know, it's just. <laughs> That's where you find me. You got Bone Thugs and Harmony playing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> and the around here. Yeah. All public speakers. Right. <laughs> Kane, what's the weather in Bozeman? The Bozeman weather right now, I just got back, had to make a quick trip to the office, and it was two degrees registered in my car there. Two degrees, snow flurries, icy roads, can't see more than however many feet in front of your car as you're driving it's it's just your typical bozeman sunday is and, that um, <laughs> have your skills diminished with the almost two years you spent away have you has your driving skills have they diminished i i was concerned initially and then when i got back out there it's just like riding a bike i guess you hmm. just get out and go yeah uh, now however there is there were a few today in particular i almost slid right through a four-way um, uh-huh. crossway there and it was not yeah not pretty so um, I think I got a little overconfident <laughs> and once you do that as we all know on ice yeah that's when trouble starts but um, yeah did we all get so Turney did you either get this from your folks or Kane from our folks or did we all get it from the great Ron Lebsock school of driver's education where you steer in the direction of the slide why is that still in my brain is that factually <laughs> accurate uh, that's a, that's a Ron Lebsog gem, right? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie; I was not given that tool. In my uh, I had I had Coach Melia as my as oh my director. Uh, yeah, he did a hell of a job, but we didn't we didn't have that tool. Uh, no, I does it make? And it doesn't seem to make much sense in Montana, where we all grew up, to do driver's ed in the summer because that's not really the road conditions you will exist in later on. <laughs> Not most of the time. No. Hey, great. You can drive when it's 85 and dry to the bone. Guess what? Six months out of the year, it's two degrees and snow flurries. Have fun. (laughs) (laughs) Turney, what's it like? Yeah, right? (laughs) Turney, what's it like in uh, Indiana? Uh, Right now, we we are currently hovering around a balmy 32 degrees. Nice. uh, Just about uh, 60 mile an hour winds, which I believe is bordering on tornado hurricane <laughs> what feels like and sounds like is going on outside of my house right now so uh i can't believe there's trees uh still standing right. and siding, still on houses but it's uh yeah it's a uh, it's a wind tunnel right now so it's you know we've yeah. had uh, the polar vortex go through here we've had <laughs> snow go through here i mean it's uh it's been pretty wild and, and you do you do gotta realize though too, Kane with his driving, he's always been a menace. So <laughs> it's not like I mean let's let's be honest. It's yeah. not like he's got anywhere to go but up there. <laughs> right. so, I mean two uh, almost slide through four ways is a good day. Right. So we're just making progress. Oh. That's very true. That's a very true statement. I'm not even gonna deny that. I have been somewhat of a the funny thing is though, as much of a menace on the road as I really have been throughout my career. I'm pretty clean as far as my record is concerned. <laughs> narrow and, escapes. Uh, narrow, not, yeah. Yeah, extremely narrow escapes. 
uh, minus obviously we, we've discussed on here my um, Ford Taurus destruction for Coach uh, Birch. Coach Birch it's, yeah, oh yeah, 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 that was right. Yeah, yeah, that, that was. Wild. That's really the only real red mark on there, minus <laughs> a few uh, speeding tickets here and there. And, um, but yeah, I feel pretty good, minus the fact that I have literally almost killed countless people. <laughs> it's just for whatever reason, I've got a, a guardian angel that just somehow swerves me just the right direction one way or the other and i narrowly escape a brutal brutal situation well i like to pull out when it's you know because out here in oregon you guys i'm sure don't have to deal with this in your places because if it snows there the kids are going to school correct out here in oregon <laughs> if there's even a dusting if there's a dandruffing of snow we are done no one leave the house Go to the store, buy all the survival skills toolkits you need. And, and I'm always telling Ken, like, what? I grew up in Montana. I mean, I drove the Bronco, put that thing in four-wheel drive, the orange light came on, and I was good to go. <laughs> like, I'm this, just, I'm just Bear grills, and I haven't lived there in 20 years, you know? Oh, man. Well, yeah, Seattle had snow, I think, last week and the week before made me feel a lot better because at least I'm like, wow, at least it's snowing the place I just left. Yeah. And it's very obviously the Northwest, anywhere the Northwest. So Seattle, Portland, Salem, if it snows and just a little bit, I mean, it is the apocalypse. Oh, yeah. People are just bunkering down like you're talking about. So. Turk, I mean, they got reporters at every intersection and they go find the ones that have the hills and they're like, look at this. Here comes Bob. <laughs> nope, he's not going to make it. And everyone's just freaking out. It's unbelievable. Uh, but, hey, cross the streams, back in effect. Uh, Kane, before we jump into Scott's interview time, what do you think of our cousin's intro music? Are you liking it? I think she did a hell of a job. I, I do, too. I, I do, too. I think she did a tremendous job. Uh, really an upgrade. Yes. Obviously, a huge upgrade. Right off the Ghostbusters theme song or whatever. Yes. I think that was a YouTube link with stock intro music was exactly the actual sound. <laughs> I mean, it was good for the initial the episodes, but eventually we're gonna have we were gonna have to get more professional. Yep. And who better than our cousin to make that happen for us? And I think she did an amazing job, man. It it uh, really adds to the quality of our show. Well, that's probably the only reason we could get Turnquist on here is we now have intro music. Like, listen, we're ready <laughs> yeah, for you no. now. Come have a There's seat at the big boy table. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but those of you uh, tuning in, our Hometown Hero segment, one of our more popular ones, and obviously one of the ones Kane and I like to do the most, uh, we go back, we've hit all the high schools in Billings, obviously R being Skyview slanted, this will be our third Falcon, thank goodness. But we've had a Golden <laughs> Bear on here, we've had a Central Ram, we still can't, and maybe Scott can help us later on if he knows anybody from Senior that would be willing to talk to us or has done anything in the world. Uh, we're missing that, but we it's a great opportunity to go back, talk to people we either competed against, obviously in, 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 in Turney's case, somebody we grew up with that are doing amazing things, and we just want to go through the story, you know, their memories of where we've been, uh, things that stand out for all of us, probably have a lot of uh, lived memories that we share together that we can reminisce about, uh, and when our moms listen to this, they can laugh and kind of cry at the same time, probably like they cry. probably cry. Oh, yeah. Give me so many tears. No <laughs> uh, but turning, let's let's go. You give an overview. Scott Turnquist, Skyview High School, obviously. Scott Turnquist, Montana State. But then Scott Turnquist to the crossroads. 
and where you're at now. Tell everybody the new job title you got, uh, where you were before, and then we'll kind of go reverse order on what you're what you're doing because we're we're excited to get you on here a week or two after making a big career move uh, in the positive for you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as of a couple weeks ago, um, I just. I uh, took on the head coaching position at uh, Zionsville High School, which is uh, a suburb of Indianapolis. It's a, it's a town just on the northwest corner of Indianapolis. Um, it's, uh, it's a 6A school now, which is the highest class in football. And so um, it's a place where we've lived for the past um, going on 13 years or so. Um, and it's uh, one of those kind of you know, dream scenarios where it's a community that you love, a community that you live in, a community where your kids go to school, and um, it's, a, it's a great school system, uh, you know, and it's just one of those spots where, you know, it's just, it's, it's an amazing opportunity uh, to be a part of, and so, um, you know, delving into that right now the, for the first couple of weeks, um, going through the transition phase, which will start officially this week, and, uh, you know, just starting to get really ingrained back into that community as I was uh, at this school before um, for a couple years. But the past seven, past seven years, um, I've been in a neighboring uh, city of Carmel, Indiana, which is uh, just directly north of downtown Indianapolis. It's another uh, city just to the north of, of the Indianapolis city limits. And um, it's a um, place where, you know, I, I really had a, an, an incredible experience growing as a professional. Um, you know, we had an amazing amount of success um, athletically, so coaching football and track there, uh, you know, learning from some of the best, competing at, at the highest level um, in Indiana and, and, and really in the Midwest. And so, um, you know, our, our conferences that I'm joining now, rejoining, and, and the one that I just left are, are two of the best um, athletic conferences in, in this area of the country, top to bottom. Um, and, you know, it's just it's been an incredible experience going through that process. So. Tony, I think one of the things I was lucky enough to go out there and, and hang out with you for a little bit when the when the Final Four was in, in Indianapolis a couple yep. years ago, the thing that struck me is I think a lot of people, when they think of Indiana, think of hoops. You know, just because, yep. you know, you go Hoosiers, Bobby Knight, done. that's what Indiana does. But the football that you're, you're a part of, that you were coaching and now you'll be running your own program, is really a super high level. And I, I don't know if a lot of people listening recognize that, but just talk about, you know, I, just your facilities alone were, you know, above and beyond anything at the Division three, Division two level out here, and we're talking high school. Yeah, well, I mean, around here, basketball is always going to be king. I mean, it, well, I mean football is catching up, no question, but it's, uh, you know, basketball is huge here. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're right in, the th- right in the throes of it right now, getting into the tournament time, and it's huge here, but... Um, you know, football is, is big as well, and really the athletics in general, top to bottom. And, and like you said, the, the programs here, which, which is really the case in a lot of places in the country now, um, you know, have, have, you have to kind of develop the mindset that you are, uh, you know, operating at an extremely high level. Mm-hmm. You know? So you, mm-hmm. gotta, you almost have to consider yourself as, as a small college yeah. now where I would, where I was at at Carmel, it, we had 5,000 kids, uh, over 5,000 kids in the school. So it was, it was a wow. big, big, big place. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, that was, that's the biggest in Indiana, uh, by, a, by a little ways. I mean, there's a few that are cl- 
close to that big. But so it was a huge operation. There's no question about it. I mean, and and the success rate and the the for not just athletics, but every everything at that place is just at a championship level. And so, you know, it's something that you always are constantly trying to strive for. Um, you know, now that I'm leaving and going to another place, mm-hmm. it's something I can take with me and try to apply some of that while putting our own spin on it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah so How many uh, kids at uh, Zionsville? Uh, between two and 3,000 okay. right in there. So, yeah, a little bit less. But, yeah. Um, ju- just now emerging into the 6A realm. Um, so yeah. just literally moving up this oh, next nice. year to 6A. So you so, get to yeah. kind of sh- be the captain of the ship going into that next level where you've already existed, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What's what's the what's Zionsville's um, as far as the their football program history tradition? How is that in comparison? Uh, is that kind of where you have to start as far as going in there and changing the culture? Or what's what's the first thing you have to do, or you feel like you have to do? Well, I think in my mind, it's it's establishing the culture, and I, I, in my mind, it's not about changing it. Um, yeah. You know, I think the the people, the coach that was here before, and their their staff have have done a phenomenal job in, in just uh, taking the program and continuing to improve it. And so, you know, I have my own views on on what a program at the high school level should be all about, and, and mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to do. And, and it's not necessarily about changing it; it's just about doing it. Uh, the way that I feel like is 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 uh, important to have it done, and so mm-hmm. it's not necessarily hey they're doing it wrong because that's not the case. It's just putting my own spin on it. Yep. Staffing but wise, what what, what do you yeah. got? Staffing wise, is it a matter of so are you moving teaching wise already? Like well, what's the whole transition for you, and then into how you're approaching the staff? Yeah, so I'm I'm actually moving. Um, here on Wednesday is my okay. official start date over there, so we're, we're oh, getting wow. over there right away, which, yeah. is, which is great. Um, so I'll, I'll be starting over there soon, and, and you know, making that transition is, is tough right now, but it's much better than doing it in May or June. Right, right. Um, so so it's it's great, but you know, right now the staff is, is coming together really nicely. I've got a good mix of, you know, when a coach leaves, he uh, the coach that was there previously took another job. Um, and so he took several of the staff with him, um, but I've also got several of the staff that are that are going to stay. Um, you know, some of, most of which are on the offensive side of the ball, uh, which is my primary focus. But it's also great for me to have them so that I can uh, focus a little more on on the head coaching aspect mm-hmm, and those mm-hmm. guys that have, that have been here and done a great job. Uh, you know, with the offense, are willing to stay on, and that's that's a huge help for me. Um, defensive wise, we're we're getting guys. I've got uh, a guy that I coached for actually my first stint in, Z- in Zionsville as an assistant. Uh, he was the head coach, and he's gonna he's coming back to help me out and coach our defense. And he's uh, you know he's one of those guys that's been a huge mentor for me. He's gonna help me a bunch um, with a lot of different things, and and um, you know just running the defense the way I want it done yeah. because I know I know how good he is, and that's that's a huge that was a huge pickup for sure so um so that's a that's a that's a big blessing um moving moving to start as i'm starting here did you and i I know you mentioned you know the seven is seven like you've been doing this at carmel for seven years eight years how long were you there yeah yeah about seven and And did you oh we've had discussions about it but did you is this the time frame you imagined to get your first shot at being the head guy sooner later is it you know talk about the road to this well, you know, I think for me anyways, I always envision, you know, I, I'm an impatient person. I, I always envision, <laughs> ha- you know, happening way 
way sooner than this. And, um, you know, I think, but I think that's just me being, me being me. I yeah. Mean, that's, that's probably an ego thing. That's probably a, you know, some, probably something that's pretty unrealistic. And, and I think that comes from looking around and seeing what other people do. And you're yeah. like, man, I wish I was doing that, which is uh, one of those things that's certainly not the way to do it. Right. And, Comparison uh, is know, the thief of happiness. I've been told absolutely. that because I do the exact same thing. <laughs> no, question. no question. And so any, yeah, any, uh, you know, any thought of when and where this should have happened is completely um, you know, ridiculous. And so, you know, this happened when it should have, yeah. um, you know, the time that I spent at Carmel, uh, if I would have gotten some other opportunities that I, that I went after, um, you know, I would have missed out on a lot of really, really important career defining, uh, learning opportunities and, and, uh, that I underwent at Carmel. And so, you know, any thought of, wow, this should, this is a long time coming is, is not the yeah. case. I mean, this happened in, at the right time when it was supposed to happen um, for the right reasons. And that's, you know, that's where I'm at right now for sure. Good for you. Good for you. The And I want to give you time later where we can, you know, we can plug some of this too to the people that are listening. Like, hey, there's the new coach. He's on a freaking podcast with two of his buddies. Uh, but I also want to, you know, you know we kind of like we did with Coach Wall at Skyview, our alma mater, who we all know. Just talk about your philosophy, goals, and stuff. But before we do that, let's segue back, okay, to the old days. And dive into the hometown hero segment, Billings, Montana. When you talk to people in the crossroads of the country, and they say, "Coach, where are you from?" and you say Billings, what is the reaction? What is the how, how does it do people like most of the time? It's like, "What now? Where is that? It, well, what is it for you? What is it in Indiana?" <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, you first have to convince people that you're from Montana. You tell, you tell them. You tell them you're from Montana, yeah. and it doesn't register until about maybe the tenth time that you tell them. Because <laughs> then it becomes, oh, Idaho or Wyoming or North Dakota or yeah. Wait, where are you? You know, one of those that they guess. Yeah, um, uh-huh. and one of them. So because nobody's from, really from Montana, that doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it takes some convincing, and then you know, most people have heard of one or two cities in in uh, Montana, something to do with. Like one of the colleges or universities yeah. or something like that, and so um, you know, tell them you're from Billings, and, and it's uh, oh, okay. Well, where's that? And then, yeah, you got to describe it for them. And, <laughs> well, how how big was it? Oh, well, it's it's right the now, metropolis it's, of yeah, the state, guys. That's always that's the only way to describe Billings. Guys, we got yeah, two skyscrapers. They're twenty-three stories. Yes. <laughs> you can see it. Yeah. So it's a, it takes some doing to get people to understand where where it's at. Do you think you were? And this is where you can you know talk about the fam and you know your folks and. Um, did you were you aware of that growing up? Because Kate, I mean, I think just because we had family in L.A., so they were in a bigger spot. That we were like, oh, I guess Billings, you know, isn't the like it's not the all encompassing view, but it was a it was a great place. Does that make sense? Like, hey, I kind of recognize that Billings isn't the huge city that it is in this state, you know. Um, but it, I definitely not that I'm not. I still appreciate growing up there a ton. But turning for you, like, talk about where the folks are from. Where were your vacations going to? Because like Kane and I, we were going to L.A. and then coming back to Billings often. Right. Yeah. So we. Man, growing up, uh, you know, Billings, 
parents grew up in Billings. My oh, parents yeah, are from there. Their family's from there. So they, I mean, it's not, but we're Montana through and through. Gotcha, so, gotcha. You yeah. Know, we, weren't, we weren't flying off to, you know, anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, which wasn't at the, t- you know, for me growing right. up, I didn't, that was fine. I didn't care. You know, we were just mm-hmm. vacations we spent, you know, we drove around uh, seeing relatives or we, you know, we yeah. could go here or there, but. You know, it wasn't like, uh, you know, we were jetting all over the country. Right. So, you know, Billings for me was, was it uh, for a long time. And, and um, you know, it was it was a fantastic place to grow up when you just look back and think about all of the, you know, the freedom, the lifestyle, yep. how, uh, you know, you got to kind of, you know, you could make some mistakes and things weren't too crazy. And, right. And you got to learn from, from some stuff that you did or, you know, or didn't do or whatever. And, um, you know, it's a life's a little bit slower there, but yeah. you know, it's not all bad. I just, you know, you always think back about man. You know, everybody when you're in high school is like, man, I gotta, I can't wait to get out of here. I can't wait yeah. to get out of here. And then, then you get out of there, and it's like, man, you know what? It's really <laughs> not all that bad. Right. <laughs> right. So, so yeah, it was, it, Billings was not a bad. I mean, shoot, it was not a bad place to be, bad place to grow up. It was, um, yeah, it's and it's still really special. I mean, I love going back and. And seeing everybody and seeing family and all that stuff and just you know it just brings back a lot of memories whenever you're there. When you most of the time when people you know ask me about Montana growing up there and, and the positives, I always talk about like you said, turning the, the sense of family from everywhere. Yeah. Um, and then on an athletic side, like just the fact like high school athletics, even even when you're in Castle Rock, for goodness gracious sakes, like they mean something. It feels like the end-all, be-all. And maybe that was generational more so than zip code. I don't know. I want you to talk about it, especially having been in Indiana at these major, you know, whether it's your football teams, the basketball tournament there. Um, I always tell people, like, it was such an experience. Like, you got to live fully in Montana to, to a degree that I'm not sure you get to in other places. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it, everything's just on a grander scale in yeah. terms of the size of the state, but everybody knows everybody. I mean, yeah. you know everybody from around the state, and you know everybody that's, um, you know, a good athlete, you know, who you're going to see, who you're, you know, and who's playing, and who's doing what, and, yep. um, you know, so you, you have a, a working understanding of, of really everywhere in yeah. Montana just because it's so so few pe- uh, people and and uh, but it is it, it means a whole lot i mean the community aspect um you know is huge there but you know it's also it's the same way everywhere really i mean high school athletics um in general have a way of of galvanizing communities and and it just is something that you know everybody can take pride in and everybody can can really feel like they're a part of um you know even if even if they're not truly directly involved Mm -hmm. and that's you know that's something that's i think that's almost universal right now in high school athletics i mean it's just something that's really special about that that uh that realm and you were were you a sandstone kid did you go to Sandstone? Oh, oh yeah, I sure did. Yeah, Absolutely. The, the rough and tumble era. See, I, I was thinking about that today, Kane. I was like, we got to talk to Turney about Sandstone to Castle Rock to Skyview. But I'm so, I like, yeah. thank God he's not a bench guy like David Gunn or Schwab. <laughs> oh, and no. we'd have to hear about the how hard knock life the bench kids were. But Sandstone, I don't know nothing about Sandstone. I know where it is. <laughs> the, only thing, the only thing I remember about Sandstone is the uh, little mini the basketball court was the eight foot or nine foot. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Listen, I mean, if you if you could play a sandstone, you could play anywhere. <laughs> it was it was uh, it was intense, man. I mean, we, you know, I started off at Eagle Cliff, 
and uh you know made the transition over yeah um, yeah and uh just because it was it was one of those things where i felt like my my talents would have been better so With your, yeah, where you were ranked on rivals at the time, that made a lot of sense. You know, you just had to get the exposure. Um, right. Hey, talk about being a coach's son. You know, I know for oh. Kane and I growing up, you know, we were at every event. I'm sure with you and your dad, Bob, being a coach. Like, talk about that. How do you think that played into where what you're doing now? Was that was that implanted? Did he sneak that into your DNA? Like, I, I know for a fact when you would have asked Kane and I way back, I'm like, no, I'm not going to coach. There's no money in coaching. I don't want all this drama. And yet, here all three of us are. Here we are. Our entire here lives are. shaped by coaching. So, your turn. Yeah, man. It's, uh, you know, dad coached at, a, a, at Shepherd High School for a long time. Uh, small, short stint at senior high school for a couple of years. But, um, you know, growing up around it, it's just something that kind of gets in your blood, man. Yeah. You know, my dad was, he was never one to, to push me one way or the other. And that was everything from, athletics to um to what i was going to do for a career or mm-hmm. or anything else or um but he you know just let me be around um whenever i could was just one of those things that just gets in your system and, and yeah. it's hard to shake yeah and when you love when you love sports the way we do um you know you just want to find a way to be involved and i knew real early um you know into my college career especially uh, when I'm taking, you know, business classes and taking accounting and I'm sitting there wanting to <laughs> scratch my eyes out, and I'm like, man, I can't, I can't do this. Like, yeah. I gotta, I gotta be moving. I gotta be involved in, in sports. And, and, you know, it's one of those things. Could you, could you make, you know, more money or, or, you know, travel more, or you name it, doing something else. And, and sure, probably. Um, but, you know, ultimately finding something that, that makes you happy and, and allows you to have an impact on, on other yep. people, at least for me, um, was something that, you know, kind of became the most important. And that, that stemmed from, from dad. I mean, yeah. it stemmed from him coaching and his relationship with the players and, yeah. and with the, with the, uh, the students and the community. And, and it just was something that, you know, I knew was going to be a part of my life as soon as I, uh, got over the whole idea that, hey man, I'm going to go into business and make money. <laughs> right. Uh, it just, you know, just, right. I found out quickly that it wouldn't have worked for me. Um, and not to say that it's bad, but it just, for me, it wasn't right. And, and I knew yeah. it pretty quick. Do you experience, Ken, I want you to answer this too with our dad, because there's moments where like, I think to myself, man, I just flashed and I think my eyes bugged out like my dad's used to do. And if I just did that to my player, oh, God, he's going to be terrified. Or is there any aspect of Barberino that comes out when you're on the field? And Kane, same for you. Like, where does it show up? Like, my voice, I don't – I'm not as loud as Dad normally, but I do try to use that inflection when he used to really want to drive home a point. Like, I, I definitely revert to that. Like, what was that from Kip right there? I don't know. He lost his shit. <laughs> but is there anything else from you guys' perspective of your – and I'm sure there is from coaching mentors. You've probably picked up sayings or something, but from your dads as coaches, what do you got? Oh man, like for me, it's uh, it's the pure white hot anger <laughs> <laughs> every now and again. 
lot of people, if you don't see me on the field, you don't really understand. And it doesn't come out very often. Yeah. It really does. And I've, I've learned to control it really well. But, uh, yeah, anybody that knows or, or coached with, uh, with uh, Bob Turnquist knows that that can come out quite a bit. I mean, I've, I've been there where, where he was asked to, uh, to leave the uh, field a few times. And, uh, just, uh, you know, that comes out every once in a while. But I, I've never gotten to that point. Uh, well, and so – but man, yeah, that that'll come out every once in a while. Right. Sure. <laughs> oh God, it's so funny. I remember that this is just a side story, just based off of that. Just the combination of your dad and our mom and oh. stands oh. was phenomenal. It's unheard of, it's really. It's a force of nature, really. I'm so sure the the officials around the state of Montana at one point were just like, "No, we're not doing Skyview games." Right. That's like that Eminem lyric, like a tornado meets a volcano. Yeah, yeah. there they are. Well, I remember, Turney, I was at, and this might be a great segue for Kane and you to go to the Montana State aspect of your of your background. I remember one of the games. Unfortunately, you got hurt, and the opposing team, Eastern Washington, had the audacity. To say something about your injury, and it was your sister who I was fairly certain was going to end up in a prison cell for mobbing some poor idiot from Eastern Washington. Yeah. Uh. Oh boy, that was something really special. That was, uh, I mean, it's yeah, she's uh, she's got a little protective instinct in her, and that yep. comes from from dad too. And yep. she, yeah, she was, no Man, she was fired up. I oh. loved it. It was great. She uh, was going to yeah. run the, the width of the field, I think, over there. Oh, my goodness. Well, <laughs> the, guy, one, the guy came over to our sideline who yep. was standing in the stand just yelling at me for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was funny, but, yep. oh, man, she uh, she was getting after it. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, oh, Emily used to get fired up, too. Now. She sure did. Yeah, yeah, she was, it was awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. So, Kane, I want to pass the questioning to you, man. Like, you take over. These two gentlemen, I had the, the privilege of being the, the older brother and the friend that got to watch, watch them do a lot of great things for the Bobcats uh, football team and the revival of that program, beating the Grizz, winning titles, and watching these two run around making plays. I think there was a game. I had to listen. This is way back in dial-up internet almost, I feel like. But I had to listen to what was the old famous announcer for the Cats. He retired after the streak. You guys broke the streak and then he retired. Dan Alexander. Yes. And it was, I think, the Northern Arizona game. And Turnquist had like 50 catches in the game. Kane had 50 tackles. And I was just sitting back like, hey, you know what? They owe it all to me. You know, I really taught these two well. But you t- it was it was awesome. You two take over. I'll be quiet. The Montana State days. <laughs> Well, first off, I got I still got to answer the question about pops and, and anything that yes, I felt yes, like. yeah, for I sure. Got to hear that for sure. Rubbed off on me as a coach. Um, I'll tell you the that the voice I think is probably the biggest thing. Yeah, my players will will say that. Like just the similar to what you're saying, Kip. Where all of a sudden it's like, okay, uh, coach, I was trying to get a point. <laughs> voice went to this whole different level. Yeah. Um, and other than that, I think just I think just the passion, the uh, positivity that that pops could exhume at times, yeah, all the time. Uh, obviously, he could go the other route as well and rip someone's face off if he needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I think you and I both get that from our 
time as well. Yep. <laughs> so I think I think really it was it definitely is the passion to um, help student athletes one way or the other in a positive way more more often than not. Right. No question. No doubt. But skipping ahead, <laughs> and we might have to go back because obviously the Skyview days. Bernie and I had some some great times. Oh man, coming yeah. up as, <laughs> as you, he was Scott was one year ahead of me, but it felt like we were really in the same class when it was all said done. We got a chance to be positively and probably negatively influenced by Kip and, and David. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that whole good crew, and, good and bad, good and bad. Uh, on many of bus trips where the two of us would somehow end up back with those guys. Yeah, be, uh, in the middle of conversations and got a chance to hang out with those guys quite a bit. But anyway, um, going forward, uh, we both got an opportunity to play for Coach Kramer and the Crap and the Cats. Scott got recruited by Coach Heisel and his staff, and then I got involved with Kramer and his staff. But we both went through together. Um, Scott as a retro freshman, myself as a true freshman, we went through what many people would, I don't wish upon anybody when it comes to athletics, and that is the 0-11 season our freshman year. Mm-hmm. My true freshman year, <laughs> retro freshman, man. Dive into that a little bit for the for the audience. Kind of talk about how you yeah. like, mentally went through that, what, it kind of, what you felt we took away from it as a as a group, kind of the foundation that was built because of it, just kind of dive into that a little bit. Yeah, no question. I mean, that's uh, so. When I t- when I tell people about that, you know, you get the questions about it. What was it like? All that kind of stuff. And then, you know, inevitably, you get the well. You know, if you could, would you go back and change it? And because <laughs> you know, you talk about well, we learned the lessons and all that stuff. And they're like, well, would you change it if you could? And I'm like, well, of course I would. Change it. <laughs> <laughs> We'd mix in a win, guys. Yeah. yeah that was just really rough i mean it's it's something that um you know i started off the year injured um and so trying to come back from that right away and and you know when you go through a coaching change like that especially at the college level i mean for us it, it just kind of decimated our team in terms of the numbers and and you know we ended up with shoot i want to I want to say like three seniors or something like that i mean it was, it was crazy four. yeah i mean it was four it was wild yeah. And, uh, yeah. and so when you don't have, um, you know, that experience, you got a lot of young guys that are playing and, and, and at times when they probably aren't quite ready, um, you know, mentally and physically. And, and, you know, back then it wasn't like guys right now that are coming in and are just ready to go right away because of, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, a lot of different factors. But, um, you know, going through a situation where week after week you're, you know, it wasn't like we were just taking it easy or we weren't trying i mean it was just you know guys are battling like crazy and they're fighting and, and it just was one of those where you know in the first game it was the very first game yep. i mean you lose to humboldt state where it was because we blocked a punt and they picked it up and, and ran it for mm-hmm. first i mean you know you make a play and then it just doesn't go your way and so yep. it was just one of those things where things just kept happening and, and you just it's hard to get off of that that train once it got starts rolling and so mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean it you talk about the foundation that it set i mean of course you change it if you could but um you know when you go through something like that the people that stay 
Um, we still lost some guys from that, that oh, yeah. too. But, you know, the guys that stay, you know, you have that shared collective experience where, you know, you know what it's like. And it's a it's a driving force. It's a chip on your shoulder. It's something that um, can can push you to to bigger things and and it's something that it always stuck with uh with me and i'm sure with everybody else it was like i can't we can't go back to that i mean we can't you got to have a a mindset that's different in terms of creating a a championship culture and so Mm -hmm. um you know that laid the foundation of just knowing how and why we're doing this are there lessons Um, from that season that you think you two still use as coaches now or is it like more of a I can see stuff happening that I gotta nip it in the bud, right? And, you know, it's not like you're walking around saying, "Hey, back when I was a great," that you know, you're not using, you're not pulling that. But is there something that affects like your coaching or your observation of the culture in your programs that you're doing now? For me, certainly. I mean, I think it's something that you know you got to have a really keen awareness of, you know, the the mindset of the players and what they're what they are. Uh, doing and thinking on a regular basis. I mean, if you got a, a I, I don't know if there's a better way to put it, there probably is, but a cancerous uh, yeah. culture or something that's yeah. invading it, it's something that you got, you, you know, learning that you've got to get rid of it or, you know, yeah. or get it turned around as quickly as you can. Yeah. And, um, and that's, that's something for sure. I think that's stems from that. And, and you've, I've learned more about it as I've gone for sure. There's no question. I think it's, there's a lot of lessons that can be taken from it, um, you know, for exactly what Scott said as far as just the the guys that went through it and stuck around, just the perseverance mm-hmm. that we had to have uh, in order to stay and stick around and deal with everything that we were dealing with. Yeah. It was, I mean, and I hate, you don't want to be that guy, but I can't help it when people start talking about you know, the phrase, well, back in my day, in fall camp, we used to do two-a-days, three a blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I tell people all the time, that was the hardest fall camp, I think, in the history of fall camps. <laughs> and it was the hardest winter conditioning of, of all time. Exactly. Maybe. Before I, mean, I had even, even gotten there, oh, they had had the hardest winter conditioning for that group with that new staff. And that's where a majority of the guys decided, I am not going to be a part of this. Mm. I don't want this. That's where we end up with four senior captains, essentially, and then we go through a fall camp, and we end up losing. They basically are just weeding out everyone that doesn't want to do it. Yeah, via yeah. the two a days, the freaking conditioning test, right in the middle of two a days. The I mean, it was unbelievable. It, it was tough, man. It was it tough, was, no doubt. We went. No doubt. Um, at one point, Kramer said, you know what? We can't handle two-a-day practices anymore. So after our morning practice, this afternoon practice, we were going to go run Pete's Hill. And <laughs> everyone's like, oh, yeah, great, perfect. This will be a nice little break. When we got to Pete's Hill, the coaching staff informed us that we were going to run until people quit, essentially. We were going to run Pete's Hill until people started puking. And sure enough, within <sighs> however many minutes, people were rolling off the side of the hill, puking. We had coaches that were trying to act tough and run with us, and they're Jesus. Yeah. Then with well, you forgot you forgot the important part that there was actually forest fires in the area. Oh, so you had smoke inhalation on the news on the news that that was uh, 
please don't go outside. <laughs> That's absolutely necessary. <laughs> and, then, and then the very next segment of the news is us freaking, oh, podcast continue two-a-days today up on Pete's Hill. Oh, and then the next day we went to the pool instead of our second practice and again we're thinking oh great this will be fun a pool break no we did party time <laughs> we did navy seal type workouts in the damn pool <laughs> we had people damn near drowning oh, <laughs> this sounds more okay you guys remember your senior year they had the show called the line right and, yeah, and, yeah, but yeah. I feel like the whole the whole evolution needs a thirty for thirty. You two should spearhead that. Go back and get all the guys. Your house. Go get Joey. Go get all the guys and just say, "Hey, remember when we almost drowned?" And start from there. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it was it was unbelievable. But it's exactly like Scott was alluding to, essentially, was everyone that was able to go through all that. And we're not saying that this is the what you should do if you're starting, obviously. No. We're all very much smarter as far as uh, physical uh, science and when, what you should be doing with your players in order to get your prime performance. But regardless, this was kind of a mental test type thing. Yeah. And I think basically what it did is it, it eliminated or got rid of some of the cancers within the team that didn't really want to be there. Yeah. It didn't. If you didn't work willing to put in the work – you were eventually going to be passed, passed and moved along. Yeah. And I think there is a little bit of that to every program that is successful. There was a point within that program that there had to be that breaking point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there has, I mean, there has got to be buy-in from everybody to do what you yeah. want to do. And um, yeah. that's, a cha- that's a challenge that you go through to, when you're getting under in, involved in a program, for sure. No question. No question. So, so there we were. We went through all that and then went through an old 11 season and that'll test you a little bit as far as you really want to do this. Uh, yes. Fortunately, yep. we had, we had some really good guys, good core group of guys that stuck it out and wanted to do it. And we did it. And then even every year we progressively got better and better. And, um, shoot, man. So Scott, where do you think in your mind it was kind of like all of a sudden, the light came on for us. Well, I think for me, you know, it really kind of, kind of clicked at the end of the sophomore year, um, or my, my redshirt sophomore year. So, um, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, we were just kind of on the cusp. We, we played the Grizz tough to end the year that year. Um, and it, you know, we just couldn't quite get over the hump in a couple of the games against, you know, some of the better competition, but you know, you really start to figure out, um, you know that you've got something that you can work with and it gives you confidence going into the off season where you know you're really trying to 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 get after it and prepare yourself to to take the next step and and um you know you look back at at that year when we started when we you know the junior year when we won the first conference championship you know Mm -hmm. everybody looks at um, a lot of factors there but you know the defense um you know was phenomenal there's no question about it and and, you know, as an offensive guy, it gave us, you know, it gave us a chance to, to realize that we could, you know, we, we could do some things um, mm-hmm. and our defense had our back. I mean, you know, we, it, it was, to me, offensive football in a lot of ways is just really, it, it takes a while to get going sometimes. And, and, you know, once we started to understand that, hey, you know, we can, we can just let it fly a little bit and, and the defense is, is got our backs and they're, you know, fantastic. I mean, that just kind of turned everything around. And, and, you know, 
Travis stepping in obviously was a huge uh, change just because he was a gamer and, and he made some plays that you know, a lot of guys couldn't make and, and he put us in a position to make some plays. But, you know, I don't I think just saying, hey, it was Travis would, would, is kind of a disservice to a lot of guys too because, you know, a lot of guys have put in, uh, made big plays along that stretch. Um, and so, you know, it, it was a lot of factors, but I think you could really start to feel the tide turning when the second half of that sophomore year started to come along you could just sense a little bit of momentum a little bit of confidence building some guys that matured um just you know had been through the fire of competition in in the big sky conference and you could just kind of feel that confidence growing and and we knew that we had a chance to do something special even and there were still bumps in the road after that no doubt but i mean it was you know it was just something where you could just kind of sense a little bit of the, the shift I would say. Was it when Kramer yep. finally got you guys uh, blue pants so you didn't have to wear blue tops and those whites <laughs> and the stripes didn't match? Because that shit drove me nuts your first year. <laughs> matching stripes. Yes. Matching stripes. Uh, <laughs> it drove me nuts. <laughs> yeah. What is he doing to my guys? We look like trash out here. You almost deserve to go in 11 <laughs> when you're wearing that stuff. Especially, and that's your home uniform. That's God damn it. Uniform. I mean, come on. That's, and you got pants that will go down to mid-shin if, they, if you let them. That's tough to bounce back from now. It's really amazing we were as good as we were. So, <laughs> but, well, we battled through some adversity. Let's be honest. We, were, I mean, we didn't really have a sponsorship. I think champion yes champion stuff we had some boathouse gear we had nike cleats newman gloves we were oh, doing man. this mismatch outfit when it was all said and done but yeah. we made the most of it yeah. <laughs> it worked out pretty good we did we did i mean it was yeah we battled through it now it, it built some character too it's there's no question about that <laughs> <laughs> so do, for the two of you guys is it the grizz games that stand out is it the miracle at Sac State, you know, Tony, didn't you catch it? The guy grabs your face mask. You, what, what games stand <laughs> yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. On the positive yeah, side. <laughs> well, the Grizz games for sure. I mean, there's, you know, that that that's that's one thing that I try to get people to understand out here is just the uh, the importance of that. I mean, you've got some huge rivalry games in this area. We're we're right in the middle of Big Ten uh, country, and mm-hmm. it's uh, you know, you got every every rivalry in the book there. Um, and so, you know, they're, they hear me talk about Cat Grizz and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, you know, so you got Michigan, Ohio State, you got Purdue, Indiana, you got all, you know, Wisconsin, Minnesota, everything. But, you know, just understanding the passion of that game yeah. um, and just, you know, on both sides, the hatred um, and just the ownership that people have over their yeah. program. Um, to me, is second to none, and that's saying a lot being around here mm-hmm. because it's huge here, also. But um, yeah, so those games for sure stand out. I mean, it's something that you—that's—it's the motivating factor for for why you do what you do every year as a as a, a participant in that game. I mean, it's just something that drives you the whole year round. But yep. um, yeah, I mean, it's just something that for sure but there was and there were so many little moments and you know especially those last two years just yeah you know just the uh man the, yeah the sac state game for sure i mean just you know playing those eastern washington teams that were great i mean yep. you know playing yep. down at nau and and 
playing in in the elevation. I mean, I mean, it's just going to Wyoming and going playing at Washington, <laughs> playing at Washington State. I mean, just yeah. you know, yeah. and just uh, it's great competition. There's just so yeah. many things that stand out. So yeah, well, shoot, turning Washington State, routing up Lamont Thompson, getting <laughs> on a freaking corner post, still <laughs> hasn't recovered. Uh, <laughs> It's, this, yeah, so it's about that time. It is. Here we go, Turnquist. So, everybody, I'm going to set the table here and then let these two, because this has been an ongoing debate for about 20 years now between the two of them. Um, Kane has claimed on this podcast, Scott, and I think I tweeted you that his yeah. claim of the fastest starter in the history of basically the universe. <laughs> Um, but I, you know, I ran on relays with you where we actually won things in track. So I know your speed as well. I I might as well just lay it out there for you two to go back and forth with this whole debate, the 20, the 40, the hundred. I mean, it's, it's getting ridiculous at this point. Well, I mean, it's, I I don't know. anecdotal evidence with our eyes and you know you know as much as i do that you know elite level athletes such as ourselves you know when we're when we're in practice you know there's times where we're working on our craft and we're working on things and trying to improve some stuff and there was i mean i I can look back and maybe think all right yeah there's i can remember maybe a time 
maybe once when we were working on starts one day where you know you might have got me by a meter when I was you know working on my first step or working off uh, you know punch out of the blocks which then of course uh, obviously explodes into him being the greatest starter of all time which is just incredible I mean the amount of times that, that I had victories in all of these scenarios just get wiped out by one time possibly once and the once is debatable I mean that's oh. it's like uh, I mean the only time I think there might have been a time or two where he beat me in the warm up lap and that's, <laughs> but, uh, I mean that's uh, we still no, were far behind on that one I will one, never but, stake claim to that because I was notorious for being the slowest warm up lap guy in the history of the world that doesn't surprise and, me uh, at all no yeah no. That's, that's that's about where we lived in the back of that warm up lap but, <laughs> and we just get pissed at people the, the long distance runners that would constantly be passing us talking about track. Tony, do you remember this is track related, not your two's heated Usain Bolt Tyson Gay rivalry that we've been debating? Do you? So Turnquist and I were on a four by four, you know, divisional champion relay team. But do you remember Turnquist Kane? I would usually hand it to him, and I would be relatively in the mix, but Turnquist would be the one that finished the deal for us. But there, do you remember the guy from senior when you passed him and he started cussing at you? God damn it! There he goes again. And then at- <laughs> that was the funniest. We should because those poor guys, you know, Billings track, like Montana track, you're racing the same people every week. It's not like you got a duel against somebody random. So every time oh, he'd yeah. be like, ah, oh, they were pretty close to Brian Hoyam and I own, but then here comes Turnquist making up the difference. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm... Well, it was always right coming off of that first turn. I like, that backstretch. It was just like every time. It's the same kid. It was the same kid. I go bad after a while, but I'm like, man, what do you want me to do? <laughs> Talk to your coach and put him in a different spot. Oh. Switch the rotation a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's the order. Oh. Give me a chance, but I mean, I say that because it's, I mean, it's not like we were setting state records or anything. No. We were still in the divisional. Right. We were still <laughs> divisional, guys, and then we I got to the big show. like 44s or anything. Oh. I mean, twisted there. I mean, God. we were the world on fire, but. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what yeah, about was... end line to end line with a basketball between you two? Oh, oh shit. No, no brainer there. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast. That's a 30 for 30 with uh, what happened with Spread Chaser. That's that podcast.
proceeded to lead the next group to a four and seventeen. <laughs> <year>. <laughs> just yeah, dazzling. Yeah. Just uh, dazzling. With dazzling the heights with just highlights after highlights. Oh, uh, it was. <laughs> I mean, it, it was yeah. It was an incredible, uh, incredible year for just um, you know. Highlight reel plays, uh, yep. probably. Is there a Chris Byers <laughs> color eight highlight reel from that season? Does God, I, I bet there's some, there's got to be something out there. I would. Oh, there for sure is. Yeah, I would hope that they had that somewhere because that would. I'm telling you, I, I'm fortunate enough to have a VHS copy of one of our four wins. Oh, when we upset. Oh yeah, Bo McFadgen and the Billings Central Rams, <laughs> who were one of the best Central or yeah. Class A teams. In the state that year, we we upset them on on the Metro Park Arena floor, which is again a dazzling display <laughs> for seeing basketball. I mean, it was it was that 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 floor hasn't seen basketball like that. Oh, see, this is what happens to so the podcast audience out. This is what happens when these two get going on a roll. I will add that I feel a little bit responsible for that because Scott's sophomore year he spent as our uh, at Skyview High School as David Gunn and I's scout team point guard that we got to practice our press against, and we'd be like, "Hey, hey, coach, coach, we want we want to press Turney real quick here." Yeah, okay, guys. Poor kid hasn't he hasn't gone left yet this year, but you two go ahead and double team him full court. <laughs> Turney, if you don't give us that goddamn ball, I tell you what. That was on Gerardo Medense and Chad Biggerstaff. Okay. Oh, Tony, how did you give us uh, give us the background on your the better part of your life, your wife, the the athlete she was, and how in the hell did you two Bobcats end up in Indiana? How did it happen? What, what's the progression? Oh yeah, so um, those are people who don't maybe don't know. Um, yeah, my my beautiful wife Lacey, she uh, is a Bobcat Hall of Fame track and field athlete. Um, you know, uh, sprinter jumper. So um, she would beat both you two clowns, is what we're saying. Uh, no. No. She'd catch him in the sixty, but. Yeah. Tried to make that, but no, nah, no, nah, she wouldn't. She's and she'll she'll admit it if you really get her. Yeah. Talking about. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's uh yeah. So she she was a phenomenal athlete for sure, and she's a legend around the Bobcat track and field, uh you know circles, and she's she's just a you know phenomenal uh, person. Love her to death. She's my best friend, and and um you know we have three uh, beautiful children, um, three girls, and and us. Uh, nine seven and five and they are uh complete, completely out of their minds <laughs> um, but they are uh they keep us on our toes and they're they're incredible but yeah so we yeah when when i grad when i got done playing um she was still in grad school and when she got done in grad school she found a couple job opportunities one of them was in indianapolis and um she asked me if i'd go with her she took it and at the time i didn't you know, I wasn't sure what I was going to do, um, you know, try to go the college football route or, or high school or whatever. And, and uh, I just said, you know, yeah, let's let's give it a shot. And so we we came out to Indiana and and, uh, you know, the rest is, is history. But, yeah, that's that's kind of how that got going. And, and so we've been out here for 
shoot since uh, 2005, and and uh, it's been a an incredible experience. Great, you know, great marriage, great great family, and and uh, just right now we're we're doing life. Do you think, Turney, in, in speaking as my wife as well, um, from the athletic background and Hall of Famer at the place that we went to school as well, so you've got to so start hiding your, your stuff because I mean, her, putting her trophies in the garage like I do so everything looks equal. Um, is, is, it, is it more, is it like better prep work for Lacey being a head coach's wife having been an athlete herself? Is she ready for the? Is it going to be that much different hours wise? What have you guys discussed? Because I'm sure she's excited for you, but you know if she needs to text Kelly or text, you know, hey, this is what these head coaches do. Um, yeah, what, yeah, what, yeah. What's that conversation been like? Yeah, she. So she is. She's really fired up. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a obviously the travel and the the moving around, which, and I realize for those of you guys in Montana, I know the travel's huge there. <laughs> I get that. I mean, here it's, uh, you know, the longest trip we'll make is maybe a couple hours if we have to go, you know, later on in the playoffs so that, you know, the travel is, is significantly different. But, you know, toting kids around to, to yeah. the weight games and all those sorts of things, even even to home games is, is a chore um, when we weren't uh, – when, when I was at the at Carmel. So, um, you know, that's a, it's a big deal. I mean, she, and she's, she's extremely understanding. I mean, she, uh, you know, there's times where it, the grind gets to her a little bit and, mm-hmm. and I completely understand that. And those are the times where, you know, I have to have to realize it and have to allow her to let me know because, you know, like most coaches, I get, I get, uh, blinders on and mm-hmm. I get focused and I get doing my own thing and, and you kind of forget, you know, that there's, there's uh, people that are around you that need your time sometimes too. And so, yeah. um, so she, you know, she's, but she's, she's fired up about it. And, um, you know, it's, it's great to have the, an opportunity in the community that, that we live and, um, you know, just to be able to, uh, to be around that, you know, and, and, and have her be closer to everything and, and hopefully be involved a lot more, um, you know, in the program and be around the program, but both her and my kids, yeah. um, you know that's that's something too where yeah i'm going to be grinding and working a lot but you know she's they have the opportunity to be there a little bit more too yeah. so that's that's certainly a plus that's awesome Kane, okay, you guys have experienced some of that we haven't really jumped into since the last appearance by you many moons ago on the podcast you've changed polos and you're <laughs> you're back in Bozeman, so you and your wife Carrie, you stole my niece from me, so I don't only get to see her on Instagram stories. I'll get air my beef with that later. Um, but is is that similar for you and Carrie being back in, in you know closer to family uh, and kind of that support system around with you know your added responsibilities now as the DC for the Bobcats? Yeah, no, that is that's what that was a huge part of the decision, or what made the decision that much easier was the fact that we had such a great support system already in place here mm-hmm. in Bozeman with obviously the families. Um, our mom and dad came up, what is this, two weeks ago now, two, three weeks ago, and, and babysat Ava as we got a chance to go on a little staff function, which was the first time we were able to really do something like that as a couple. And So that's been great. Her parents can come down. Uh, they're just up in the Great Falls area. And then obviously just start – a uh, tremendous group of friends that we have around the area that can be here for Carrie um, when I'm on the road traveling, recruiting during the season, things of that nature. When the hours start to get really long, 
she has people right here that she can really lean heavily on. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, um, as you guys know, when you first move somewhere, it, it would have took, it, it took a while to build that yeah. support system up. And so we already had that place or in place here when we made the decision to come back. Yeah. And that definitely factored into that decision for sure. Turney, are your girls at a point now in age, you know, you mentioned the age groups, are they getting into dad's team? And I mentioned that because my daughter, my oldest now, is he's telling me after games, like, who should have been shooting, who shouldn't, who should, who shouldn't. <laughs> but my daughter, Kane, and you might have seen some of this from Leah, she's turning, she's yeah. got a little Ronda tendency. She's turning into quite the event in the stands, yelling and yeah. screaming, and you know she's living it, which I love. But at the same time, I'm like, hey, wait, 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 wait a minute. Uh, so where, where are your kids on that turning? No, they're they love going to the games. I mean, yeah. they love doing that. That's that's a huge thing for them on on Friday nights. They love being there, but it's more about um, you know the scene, playing with their friends. Yeah, kind of enjoying that aspect of it they you know they don't know many of the players they don't know much of that which it's kind of why i'm excited about you know this opportunity too hopefully that'll that'll change a little yeah. bit and just yeah. be able to be a little more involved in that aspect but they yeah they love it i mean that's they they love they still wear their caramel stuff designsville schools and and so now we get to unify that a little yeah bit. yeah so for sure that whole bit, <laughs> yeah which is awesome but uh but yeah they love it man they get into it they they if they don't get to go because we're a little farther away or whatever, they're always really disappointed. And that was, it was tough for them to understand kind of, Hey, we're not going to be going to Carmel games anymore. And, yeah. and you know, it's a new game now, but you know, your friends from school will hopefully be there and that kind of stuff. So there, you know, there's a transition that needs to be made, but they're, they get excited for sure. The if, to talk about this, Kane, if you remember Scotty, were yours when you were growing up, did you have like shepherd mustang christmases because we had nothing but new skyview gear <laughs> under the tree but at the time that was totally normal and are you is that gonna happen i haven't done that to my kids like hey you got a new bearcat shirt i haven't done that but like i mean what is that maybe for you in the first year of the transition like hey you got to wear your z stuff now um oh, what- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. well they, they already they already uh helped us out with a lot of stuff i mean just getting getting those get those kids uh my wife and kids getting them some some gear. And okay, things. gotcha. And, and so they're, it's probably not going to have to wait till Christmas. I mean, they're already kind <laughs> of yeah. geared up. But yeah, geared it's, up. Uh, it might as well have been Christmas there for <laughs> you know getting new new clothes and stuff. So they're all fired up. Hey, Kane, should I uh, yeah. tell my kids to expect from Uncle Kane and Aunt Carrie a, a Bobcat Christmas? Should I should I just Bobcat prepare them <laughs> prepare them for that? I think I gave Ava a Bearcat onesie, so I can't be talking shit because I did the same yeah. thing. <laughs> Look at that, Aves! There's a onesie! You know what, uh, along those lines, though, not just necessarily the kids, but what I've found for me is that that's all I wear. Yes. Is whatever school I am, mm-hmm. is, that's the only thing I wear. And I almost oh, catch man. myself sometimes like, yes. okay, dude, really, can you wear something that doesn't have a logo on it? A hundred percent. Yep. Do you wear something besides your sweatsuit? <laughs> oh, are you a coach? <laughs> what? Yeah, no way. Right now, <laughs> the amount of uh, caramel gear I have to donate uh, to, the, to the guys, man, it's like uh, it's literally oh, yeah. half my closet. I got nothing. Yep. 
That's a great. I'm a week out. We got eliminated from the playoff night. We lost last week, so this is like the first week off. And I don't know if you guys are the same. The first week after a season is when I'm at my worst. Like, what do I do? What do I do? Where do I go? What is there happening? And Kelly's like, "Hey, how about you don't wear one of your 13 Willamette jackets tonight?" The people at Applebee's don't care. Well, you know, we got to rep us. Shut the hell up, kid. I literally, I don't have anything else. You want me to wear a, a LeBron jersey? That's not going to work either. I'm almost 40 years old. Like, that's not going to work. Uh... No, you can make it work. <laughs> Tony, before I let you go, give me, like, if I'm a parent listening and this is the new coach, what do you want them to know? Like, where's the program headed? What what is imp- what's the foundation for you? Like you mentioned, you're not trying to recreate, you're not trying to blow it up because you feel like there's a solid existing right there. But what's 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 going to make it your program? Yeah, I think uh, you know it's it's one of those things where yeah, you're right. Blowing it up is not the way to, to go to to look at it. It's more of just you know establishing what um, what I believe to be important, and that's um, creating uh, standards for how we do things and mm-hmm. um you know when you're creating a standard that's that's your own that you have to live up to um it's got to be high and it's got to be something that um is challenging um and so that's what we're going through right now is as you know i'm getting a, myself established over there is to get the, the kids to understand what those standards are you know mm-hmm. um how we're going to conduct ourselves on a daily basis and that's you know things like bringing energy um you know, being activated. So, you know, everything from being early to everything to being prepared with, um, you know, if we're having a meeting, having, you know, notebooks and writing utensils mm-hmm. to, to, um, you know, having grit and the, the ability to, you know, overcome obstacles and, and to, to thrive in the, in the face of uh, difficult challenges and, and, um, you know, just creating that culture of leadership and excellence in everything you do. And, and so that's, that's just something that takes a little bit of time, but yeah. it's something that's extremely worthwhile. And so, you know, working through that right now is first just getting the kids right now to, to understand where I'm coming from with it and put it in front of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just putting them in situations and where they can, they can understand how to apply it. And so that's, that's where we're going. I mean, and you know, they're, they're in situations where they can use those things every single day. I mean, it doesn't have to be manufactured. I mean, you're yeah. walking down yep. the, down the hallway, you know, you're doing the right things in the hallway, you know, you're cleaning up after yourself. If you're using a room, I mean, yeah. it's, it's the little things that, that allow you to understand the importance of that stuff. And, and sure. Well, you know, we're working hard in the weight room. We're going to create workouts in the mornings and we're going to be, you know, doing our, our spring practices and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and those will be opportunities to, to learn those things as well. But it's, it's getting, getting them to understand also that there's day to day things, um, that'll allow them to polish those, um, those things that we're talking about. And so, um, you know, just bringing the right type of energy, being, being activated, being involved, being all in, um, and doing the things that it takes to be, operating at a championship level and and you know i've been blessed to be a lot part of a lot of um championship runs and and a lot of teams that are operated extremely high level and and um you know that's what i'm hoping to bring and and like i said it doesn't come from 
uh, you know, having great players helps, and we have some great players in this program, and we've had some great players uh, at Carmel in the past, and that's obviously extremely important. But, um, you know, understanding the process that it takes every single day to prepare yourself to, to uh, you know, play at a high level, to perform well on a test, to, you know, to perform well in college, to have a successful marriage, to be able to function as a as a professional once you're outside out of college. I mean, all the, all those things um, can be influenced by by football and by sports in high school, and then that's ultimately why I'm here. And that's you know that begins because of those things happening to me when when I was experiencing those things as an athlete. So um, that's what I'm trying to bring, and, and hopefully um, you know we'll be able to establish that quickly and and uh, keep things moving in a positive direction. I feel like you got a hashtag already with Be Activated. I'm all in. Yeah, absolutely. I'm man. all in. I love it. Awesome, man. I love That's it. great, man. Kane, anything yeah. else before we let Tony go? No, man. Just ultimately congratulations on, on the new adventure and the new opportunity for you and your family, man. It's awesome. Proud of you. And, and I know all of uh, Bobcat Nation's out there proud of you too, man. You're doing great things. Well, I appreciate it, man. It's uh, like I said, a lot of it comes from uh, the experiences that we shared, and uh, you know, our time at, at Montana State was just such a such a blessing in so many ways, and, and so many things I'm going to carry with it. Um, you know, from Montana State and from uh, Skyview as well, and, and uh, you know, our families and all those things growing up, but just all those things put together kind of get us where we are right now. And Hell certainly, yeah. we can go keep going farther. There's more work to do, but you know, it's a it's a beautiful place we're in at the moment. Cross no cross the streams, hometown heroes. Program reminder, the opinions and views expressed in the Cross the Streams podcast episode you just listened to are those of the host and the host alone and do not reflect those of the employer or the institutions that employ the host.